geopolitical effects of Russia's invasion of Ukraine in light of Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 verse 2 states, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Magog was one of the sons of Japheth. See Genesis 10 verse 2. The descendants of the sons of Japheth generally settled in Europe. According to Josephus, Magog can be identified with the Scythians. Magog founded those that were from him were named Magogites, but who are by the Greeks called Scythians. By the time of Ezekiel in the 6th century BC, the Scythians had migrated from the east and settled in the region to the north of the Black Sea. As a National Geographic article about the archaeological remains of the Scythians stated, the Scythians, for some 400 years, were masters of a great stretch of the European steppe. At its height, their kingdom reached from the Danube east across Ukraine, Crimea and Russia, all the way to the Don River and the Caucasus Mountains. Modern Ukraine is thus at the heart of what was once Scythian territory, the region referred to in Ezekiel 38 verse 2 as the land of Magog. It is to be expected, therefore, that the Gogian invader of Ezekiel 38 will have the territory of Ukraine, at least under its influence, when that prophecy is fulfilled. The Russian invasion of Ukraine in February 2022 and the ongoing war would seem to fit with this requirement. However, Russian influence in Ukraine was present before the invasion. For example, although Ukrainian is the official national language of Ukraine, many living in the east and south of the country regard Russian as their first language. Linked to this is a pro-Russian sentiment amongst some of this population. In 2014, when Russia annexed Crimea, it played on this pro-Russian sentiment encouraging pro-Russian protests in the Donbass region of Ukraine. This is an area in the east of the country comprising the regions of Donetsk and Luhansk. Armed separatists in these regions seized government buildings and declared Donetsk and Luhansk to be independent states. There was also covert incursion by Russian troops in what many regarded as an invasion by stealth, these events led to a conflict with the Ukrainian forces known as the Donbass War. President Putin later used the continuing situation in Donbass to justify the full-scale invasion of Ukraine, albeit called by Putin a special military operation. In a televised speech on the 24th of February 2022, he claimed, the People's Republics of Donbass turned to Russia with the request for help. The response to this alleged request and there is no doubt many pro-Russians in Donbass were happy to receive such help, fits with what is said of Gog concerning its allies. Be thou a guard unto them. However, the allies of Gog would do well to note that the Hebrew for guard also has the sense of imprisonment. For instance, it is used in Genesis 40 verse 3, translated ward concerning the imprisonment of the butler and the baker by Pharaoh. Ukraine is by no means a totally alien country with respect to Russia and the histories of both countries are significantly interwoven. In his short story, The Man in a Case, the Russian writer 
Anton Chekhov has a character referred to as a little Russian. This was apparently a phrase used by Russians in the 19th century to refer to Ukrainians. It is a telling phrase indicating that, at least at the time, Russians looked down on Ukrainians, but for all that, they regarded them as Russian. Whatever the outcome of the current war in Ukraine, it is by no means incongruous to envisage Ukraine as part of the land of Magog when Gog invades Israel. The Russians are apparently finding it difficult to defeat Ukraine. How then will they in the near future be able to invade Israel? We would do well to remember the words from Jeremiah. Thus saith Yahweh, Deceive not yourselves, saying, The Chaldeans shall surely depart from us, for they shall not depart. For though ye had smitten the whole army of the Chaldeans that fight against you, and there remained but wounded men among them, yet should they rise up every man in his tent, and burn this city with fire. Chapter 37 it would have been a mistake for the Jews to identify any perceived weakness amongst the Chaldean army as an indication that they would not be capable of destroying Jerusalem. Likewise, when it is time for the great invasion spoken of in Ezekiel 38 to take place, God will providentially enable Gog's army to fulfil that prophecy, even if, in recent conflicts such as in Ukraine, they have left but wounded men among them. In Daniel chapter 11, the invasion by the latter-day king of the north, Gog, of Ezekiel 38, is described with phrases previously used of an earlier king of the north, Antiochus III. A consideration of this historical background, providing we keep to the scriptural parallels, shows the need for patience and perspective when watching current events, such as the Russian invasion of Ukraine. In Daniel 11 verse 41, it is said of the latter-day king of the north, he shall enter also into the glorious land. Previously, in verse 16, it is prophesied that an earlier king of the north shall stand in the glorious land. This concerns the Seleucid king, Antiochus III the Great. He was a significant king, with verses 10 to 19 covering his reign. His coming into the glorious land foreshadowed the latter-day Gog. Prior to entering the glorious land, it is said that the Gogian king of the north that he shall overflow and pass over. The same language is used of Antiochus III, and one shall suddenly come and overflow and pass through. Then shall he return and be stirred up even to his fortress. History shows that Antiochus had overflowed and passed through southern Syria in 218 BC, but he was unable to wrest key cities such as Damascus and Sidon from Ptolemaic control. He then returned north for the winter, but in 217 BC he fought Ptolemy IV of Philippator at the Battle of Raphia, near modern-day Rafah. Ptolemy was victorious, and the multitude of Antiochus III was given into Ptolemy's hand. Even though the defeat was prophesied, at that moment it must have seemed inconceivable that this same Antiochus III would be the one to stand in the glorious land. But verse 13 of Daniel says, For the king of the north shall return, and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former. This language links with Gog in Ezekiel 38. For return is the same word in the original as turn back in verse 4. And the multitude anticipates the multitude of Gog in chapter 39 of Ezekiel verse 11. 
and Antiochus did return, defeating the army led by the Ptolemaic general Scopas at the Battle of Panium, near the later Caesarea Philippi, in 200 BC, and hence entered the glorious land. The latter-day king of the north would just as assuredly enter the glorious land. It is also worth noting that this was said of Antiochus III, that he shall set forth a multitude greater than the former. His previous defeat encouraged him to improve his military capability, and no doubt Russia will learn from mistakes made in Ukraine and make improvements accordingly. One of the allies of Gog in Ezekiel 38 is Persia, that is to say Iran. In recent years, Russia has been supplying Iran with air defence systems. The war in Ukraine has further deepened the ties between the two countries. But now armaments are flowing in the reverse direction, with Iran supplying Russia with precision-guided drones. Members of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps have also deployed to Crimea to train Russians in the use of drones. Besides the immediate impact on Ukraine, there are also concerns that Iran's actions will complicate and hinder international efforts to constrain Iran's nuclear ambitions. Putin's own rhetoric at his readiness to use nuclear weapons only serves to increase tensions in this regard. In Joel chapter 3, speaking of the preparation for Armageddon, God says, Wake up the mighty men, and let the heathen be wakened. In a foreword, to a 2022 European Union publication entitled A Strategic Compass for Security and Defence. Joseph Borrell, the High Representative of the Union for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, wrote, We now need to ensure that we turn the EU's geopolitical awakening into a more permanent strategic posture. These words are evidence that the nations are indeed being awakened. The work on this publication began before the Ukraine war started, but the invasion gave it greater impetus. Borrell also wrote, This crisis in Ukraine has made it even clearer that we live in a world shaped by raw power politics, where everything is being weaponized and where we face a fierce battle of narratives. All these trends were already happening before the Ukraine war. Now they are accelerating. The strategic compass is divided into four key headings. First, ACT, which includes establishing the capacity to deploy a 5,000-strong EU rapid deployment force and carrying out live military exercises. Secondly, SECURE, involving boosting intelligent analysis and developing capacity and capability in areas such as cyberspace and space itself. Thirdly, INVEST, which speaks more of money having to be invested by EU countries in defence. And finally, partner, which concerns the strengthening of cooperation with countries outside the EU and with organisations such as NATO and the UN. These aspirations, given increasing urgency by the war in Ukraine, are leading to the situation spoken of in Revelation when the European nations have one mind and should give their power and strength unto the beast. Chapter 17. The invasion of Ukraine has led to Europe seeking to reduce their reliance on energy from Russia by sourcing resources from countries in the Middle East. In February of this year, it was reported that Israel had, for the first time, exported a shipment of crude oil. 
The oil came from the offshore Karish natural gas field, and the oil was delivered to Europe. The discovery in recent years of the Karish natural gas field, along with the Tamar and Leviathan, has cushioned Israel from the worst effects of the energy crisis caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The export of oil and gas from Israel will take time to achieve significant levels. However, the presence of such reserves will form part of the potential spoil, which will motivate the Gokian invasion. In Bible prophecy, Turkey constitutes the remains of the great river Euphrates, which is yet to be fully dried up. At its height, in the form of the Ottoman Empire, this Turkish power was a great overflowing river. But the river has not yet gone away. Indeed, the water is still lapping over the banks. For example, the northeast of Cyprus is the self-declared, but illegal, Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus. In recent years, Turkish forces have invaded northern Syria to deal with the Syrian Kurds, taking hundreds of villages in the process, which previously have been part of the Ottoman Empire. Turkey also has military bases in Somalia and Qatar. Meanwhile, President Erdogan has been striving to reassert Turkey on the international stage. This has led some to characterise his foreign policy as neo-Ottomanism. At the time of writing, Turkey is in the middle of an election, but regardless of whether Erdogan continues, his policy has seen a small but significant reversal of the drying up of the symbolic Euphrates. Nevertheless, prophecy requires that it should be fully dried up. As Brother Roberts wrote, Turkey must disappear and Russia must triumph. This will happen when Russia moves south and possesses Istanbul, former Constantinople, in its role as the latter-day little horn of Daniel 8 of the goat. As Brother Thomas wrote, Old Rome is the throne of the little horn, with eyes and mouth. New Rome, or Constantinople, is the throne of the little horn of the goat. How and when Constantinople comes under the control of Russia remains to be seen. But the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, is fully aware of the strategic significance of Istanbul and the Bosphorus. In February 2022, it was reported that he had requested Turkey to block the movement of Russian warships entering the Black Sea. Erdogan did not agree to his request, but it highlights the risk that this bottleneck poses to Russian shipping and could provide a motivation for the Russian taking of Istanbul. The saints may well have been called to judgment by then, but as Brother Roberts also wrote in the article cited above, when Russia is in Constantinople, the day of retribution and redemption is at the door. Brother Thomas also writes that the little horn of the goat is brother to the little horn of the fourth beast. In a recent visit to Rome, Zelensky met with the Pope, but it was noticeable that the Pope did not condemn Russia for the invasion. The Pope has previously stated that the invasion was perhaps somehow provoked. At best, the Pope's position towards Russia's invasion is ambiguous. The UK is currently arming Ukraine and training its forces, but prophecy shows that as the Tarshish power, its role lies not in mainland Europe, but to the south of Israel, associated with Arabic nations Sheba and Dedan, globally trading post-Brexit as the latter-day Tyre, the ships of Tarshish plying the seas. The rising threat of China 
including current support for Russia, has led to the UK making a defence pact, AUKUS, with Australia and the United States. This is prophetically significant for Australia, particularly as one of the young lions of Tarshish. Meanwhile, the UK now has two new aircraft carriers, which it is using to project its power across the world. In 2021, prior to the invasion of Ukraine, one of these carriers, the HMS Queen Elizabeth, went on a voyage to Japan via the Mediterranean and the Suez Canal. In the eastern Mediterranean, the carrier and its escorts were closely shadowed by Russian ships, planes and submarines. The message was clear. Russia regards itself as the dominant force in the eastern Mediterranean. Conclusion The invasion of Ukraine by Russia is one more stepping stone towards the eventual fulfilment of prophecies such as Ezekiel 38. In the language of Christ's parable in Luke 21, the fig tree and all the trees are surely showing us that the summer of the kingdom is now nigh at hand.